Welcome to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast, a place where hungry minds discuss all things evidence-based nutrition, fitness, mindset, and healthy living. We're your hosts, registered dietitian and nutritionists, Courtney and Darian. Let's dive in. The information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only, so always speak to a healthcare provider such as a registered dietitian who can work with you directly about your unique healthcare needs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast. Today, we're mixing it up, and we're actually going to talk about a micronutrient. Today, we're going to talk all about iron. Iron is such an interesting topic as there's just so many populations it impacts and reasons that we need more, don't get enough. But it's also a very common question asked among clients and do I need iron or what are my iron stores at? So I'm excited to dive into this one. Normally with this podcast, we find ourselves jumping right into the topic because usually we're so excited about it. Um, But today we thought we'd actually take a step back so you can learn a little bit more about us. So Darian, I'm going to ask you a question today and it'll just help our listeners get to know us a little bit better. So my question for you today is what is the best thing you've ate this week? Oh, that's a good one. Well, coincidentally with our topic today, I had a really good steak supper over the weekend and oh, it was so good. A steaks, uh, steak, some crab legs, and Caesar salad. Darian's iron stores are <laughs> yeah. up, and she is ready to delve into this <laughs> content today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's the best meal you ate this week, Court? Well, I've been making these chicken fajitas recently mm. that are so good. So I actually made them again this week. I think I've been making them every week, but Yum. they just keep hitting for me. So they keep <laughs> coming back into the weekly meal rotation. I love that. Mm-hmm. So coming back to our conversation on iron, iron is a very important mineral to talk about. As Darian said, it affects people all through across their life cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, But in some cases, iron can be difficult to source from the diet or the type of iron we're sourcing might not be as bioavailable. So we're going to dig into the science behind that and some considerations so that you can optimize your iron absorption and ensure you're getting all the iron you need to feel your best. Mm -hmm. So why is iron so important? Yeah, when it comes to iron, the main thing I think about is that iron is required to produce hemoglobin in our body, and then hemoglobin in our blood is responsible for carrying oxygen to pretty much all the cells and body systems, and oxygen is an essential component of metabolism and creating energy. So essentially, if the the cells aren't getting oxygen, they're not going to be working properly. Mm -hmm. So every cell in our body needs iron to produce energy. And over your lifespan, your iron needs change. And even in specific populations, they might need more. So Courtney, do you think it's worth kind of exploring some of these populations and their iron needs? Yeah, definitely. I think kind of knowing those seasons of life where you might need more iron or special cases where you might need more iron is really valuable because then you can be intentional with how you're building your meals to get a little bit more iron Is that if that's something your body would benefit from. Mm-hmm. So I know the first population we kind of look at is pregnancy or yeah. pregnant mothers. Yeah, if we think about that, that's really like the start of the life cycle, mm-hmm. the growing fetus. Yep. Um, so for a woman in pregnancy, her blood volume is actually increasing mm-hmm. and this provides oxygen to the growing baby. And so pregnant women require more iron. And we can source that iron from the diet and we'll talk about dietary sources of iron later, later in the podcast. But actually in Canada, we recommend that pregnant women supplement with a prenatal mm-hmm. vitamin that has 16 to 20 
20 milligrams of iron in it. And then, of course, after that pregnancy, we have infancy and children. What's their iron needs look like? Yeah, so for an infant, they're not going to be getting any iron from their diet from zero to six months because they're exclusively drinking breast milk or formula, which doesn't contain iron. But then at the six month mark, their iron stores run out. So Mm -hmm. the mom actually has passed on iron stores to the baby to last them from zero to six months. Mm -hmm. But when the infant starts eating solids at around six months, Mm -hmm. we want to make sure they're getting iron rich foods. Those are some of the first foods we introduce to baby because we want to replenish those iron stores. So it's very important for them for growth and development, which is why we're prioritizing those high iron foods when we first start introducing solids. Mm -hmm. So I know this is kind of an area you've more recently started to explore, Courtney. I think you had a pretty cool experience with a client and their a baby the other day. Yeah. So I've recently started to support some moms as they introduce solids to their mm-hmm. infants. And so I just got a video from a mom last <laughs> night of her little girl just chowing down on some ground um uh, uh, ground deer, actually. So an iron rich <laughs> food and she was doing so well with it. So that was really an exciting video yeah. to receive and optimizing iron intake yeah. right from the get go. Absolutely. I love that. So our the next population is our adults. Yeah, so as we discussed, all adults require iron to produce hemoglobin and carry oxygen throughout the body. So important for all adults mm-hmm. to consider that they're getting enough iron, but there are specific populations where they need more iron. So the first adult population, actually we could bring this back to adolescence, um, would be menstruating girls or women. Yeah. So as soon as a girl gets her period, um, she's going to be losing blood and therefore require more iron to build hemoglobin back mm-hmm. up. Yeah, and if someone's um, experiencing a particularly heavy cycle, their iron needs are actually greater than someone who maybe has a lighter cycle. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we can consider as well. Another one that's maybe not as commonly thought is people who exercise at high intensity. Yeah, both high intensity exercise Mm -hmm. and endurance exercise actually require increases in iron. One reason being that you're producing more hemoglobin, you're getting fitter. So your body's actually producing more red blood cells so that you're fitter and can carry more oxygen to your cells when they're working so hard and really using it up. Um, So that's one reason. Um, But then an endurance athlete specifically, they can actually lose red blood cells from something called foot strike, which is essentially like when their foot's repeatedly hitting the ground, those red blood cells are breaking and then they need more iron to build it back up. Mm-hmm. There also is some research that's shown a little bit of emphasis on exercise-induced inflammation, which might lead to decreased iron absorption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So overall, like when we're looking at optimizing performance, you can imagine how important yes. you know oxygen is. We talked about it. Um, so if you're not eating enough iron, you're not giving your body everything it needs to essentially get fitter by producing more hemoglobin. This is why people blood dope, by the way. Like when you hear about that (laughs) in cyclists, they're trying to increase their red blood cell content so that they can essentially carry more oxygen to their cells and and be a higher performer. So um, if we think about it in this case, iron's actually like a performance enhancing micronutrient. So if you're an athlete, you want to consider your iron intake. Mm -hmm. 
I guess one of the most commonly concerned um, populations with iron would be vegetarians. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this a little bit more when we talk about the different sources of iron. But essentially, one source of iron called non-heme iron is found in plant-based foods. But the unfortunate part of non-heme iron is it's not absorbed as well as heme iron, which is the animal-based form of iron. And again, we'll we'll talk about the specifics of this a little later on. But vegetarians actually need um, about 80% more of the uh, non-heme plant form of iron because it's not absorbed as well. Right. Yeah. So there are ways to enhance absorptions, Mm -hmm. but with vegetarians um, in particular, they actually require more More. iron because, again, it's not absorbed as well. So we need to just boost the amount that they're getting from Mm -hmm. plant-based foods. So I know there's also some kind of special considerations in populations with in regards to their iron needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this will start to become a little bit intuitive for people as they start to think, okay, mm-hmm. anything that increases your blood losses yes. would then increase Is your it? iron intake. Yep. So if we think in that case, like people who do donate mm-hmm. blood often, they it's have an increased one. need for iron. Yeah. So sometimes when we're working with clients and they're regularly donating blood, we just want to make sure that they're following up with iron markers to make sure they're right. not um, deficient in um Iron, and that's something that usually they'll test for before letting someone donate blood to make sure their hemoglobin mm-hmm. levels are adequate. Um, but if you are donating blood regularly, you want to be um, considerate mm-hmm. of making sure you get enough iron in your diet. There's other cases where people might not absorb iron as well. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about vegetarians because that source of iron yeah. isn't absorbed as well. But people who have decreased stomach acid, so that could be older populations yeah. or people with any um, digestive um, disorders, yeah. um, that might be something we need to consider. Mm-hmm. That's such a true and Like if, you know, maybe celiac or inflammatory bowel disease, that absorption just isn't there in the integrity of their gut. So their iron just stores can be lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And definitely like for celiac disease mm-hmm. in particular, so an uh, yeah. allergy to gluten, oftentimes this population will present with an iron deficiency right. because absorption in the gut is impacted by the damage that's yes. happened. Um, so we'll see those two go together. And sometimes it's like that red flag to check in on whether or not this individual mm-hmm. has celiac yeah. disease. There are other populations or considerations that might warrant um, checking in our iron stores or increased iron needs. But for the most part, these are kind of the main um, populations we look at. And if you are concerned about your iron status, this is actually something that you can work with with your physician. So Mm -hmm. checking in on blood work and looking at those biomarkers for iron can help you identify if you're experiencing low iron or an iron deficiency. And then that can help you then work one-on-one with a dietitian to optimize your iron intake from food or occasionally we'll recommend a supplement. Mm So it's not uncommon for clients to come to us taking iron supplements or questioning it. So why did you say occasionally supplements? Yeah. So as we mentioned before, there are populations where we would recommend an iron Mm -hmm. supplement like women who are pregnant or iron deficiency anemia where we're not able to get enough through food and we need to boost the intake through supplements um, to get them back up to that adequate iron status. However, iron supplementation can be dangerous and even toxic. Mm. Um, So in our last podcast, we actually talked about foods that fight inflammation and we talked about antioxidants. Iron is actually a pro-oxidant. So too much iron can actually cause oxidative damage to cells. So this isn't as much of a concern when we're sourcing it through food, but if we are getting a high dose through supplement, it can cause that damage in our body. 
at. Mm-hmm. And I know there's also concern for competition with other nutrients in regards to iron supplements, correct? Yeah, yeah. So a big one that comes up is zinc. Mm-hmm. So zinc and iron compete for the same receptor sites. So if you're supplementing with a iron, you yeah. might be kind of pushing out those other key minerals. Yeah. And then too, Darren, you might be able to speak to this a little bit more, but iron supplements themselves can be mm-hmm. really hard on digestion. So people might experience digestive um, upset like constipation. Yeah, it's definitely something I double check with for sure if clients come to me with digestive distress or I mean, especially constipation because, because iron supplements really um can impair that digestive aspect for many people. Yeah. And so even though we're talking about how important iron is, it doesn't mean that we like jump to a supplement just to get it in. It's kind of with most things in nutrition, we take that food first approach and then we use supplements very strategically, like a cherry on top of the sundae, as we talked (laughs) about in our supplement podcast, if you want to go listen to that one. But um, we want to be really careful with iron supplements in particular, just because, again, not going to be helpful Mm -hmm. for our body if we don't need them. There's Mm -hmm. only only special cases and those cases will be identified with your physician and your dietitian. So we've talked a lot about the importance of iron and those specific populations, but let's explore how we source it through food. Yeah. So when we think about iron from food, I like to think of it uh, kind of in two categories. Our first category is heme iron, which is only going to be found in animal products like, you know, ground beef, um, bison, poultry and seafood. And this heme iron, this animal based Mm -hmm. iron is very well absorbed by the body. Right. The other form of iron is non-heme iron, and this is going to be found in plant foods. Um, So things like whole grains, nuts and seeds, dark leafy greens, and even dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. Um, But this non-heme iron isn't absorbed as well as the heme iron or the animal form. So this is where we need to carefully consider how we can actually increase the absorption of non-heme iron because there actually are ways we can do that. Mm -hmm. There's lots of ways. It's it's really quite interesting when we dive into it. Mm Mm-hmm. What are a few ways we can boost that absorption of the non-heme iron? Yeah, well, the first way, interestingly, (laughs) is actually to pair non-heme iron with heme iron. So, for example, if you had a non-heme iron source like chickpeas Mm -hmm. or beans, um, you could pair it with a heme iron source like ground beef. And that ground beef, the heme iron in Mm -hmm. it, would enhance the absorption of the non-heme. So if you made a chili and you had ground beef and some beans, that beef is really going to help to support the absorption of the non-heme iron in the beans. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Another thing you can do is add vitamin C sources Mm -hmm. and pair those with your non-heme iron foods. So vitamin C has actually been shown to improve non-heme iron absorption by close to 70%. So a major boost to the absorption of the non-heme iron. So if we come back to this chili Mm -hmm. example, say you threw some tomatoes and red bell peppers in your chili, which are high in vitamin C, you're going to further boost the absorption of that non-heme iron found in the beans or the lentils that you added to the chili. Yeah, I love that example because I think often when we hear vitamin C, we think just citrus fruits. Mm -hmm. But it's like, hey, it's so abundant in lots of our vegetables, too. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Another thing we can think about when it comes to um, supporting the absorption of that non-heme iron is to separate our calcium-rich foods from our iron-rich meals. So calcium um, can inhibit iron absorption because they're competing for those same receptors. Um, So if we're having like a big glass of milk or even like a non-dairy milk, like almond milk that's fortified with calcium, that can kind of push out some of the iron that we're absorbing. So if you're having your chili, you maybe wouldn't have your milk on the side because that calcium could inhibit absorption. Now say you're like, I like to put some cheese on my chili. We know that cheese is a dairy source that has some calcium. However, like that amount of calcium probably wouldn't be a big deal. But if you were really trying to optimize your iron absorption, maybe because you're on the low end um, in terms of your iron status, then that could be something you consider as just having those calcium rich foods at a different meal from that heavy hitting (laughs) iron rich meal. On the topic of foods that maybe limit, is there anything else that kind of interferes with that absorption of the non-heme iron? Yeah, there's two other things that come to mind for me. One is tannins in foods and beverages. So tannins can be found in things like black tea, coffee, and wine, and they actually can prevent the absorption of non-heme iron. So if we're really looking to optimize iron absorption, uh, much like I recommended for calcium, we'll sometimes tell people like limit your tannin containing drinks at the meal so if you're going to have tea or coffee have it like an hour before or after your iron rich meal so that you're not introducing tannins which could prevent some of the absorption of the non-heme iron Mm-hmm. And then another um, component of food that can block iron absorption is actually phytates that are found in plant-based foods um, so one thing with phytates if we're adding vitamin c to the meal that can help to Um, essentially enhance the absorption of the iron, Um, but you can further enhance the absorption of non-heme iron in plant-based foods by soaking or Mm -hmm. sprouting these plant-based foods. So for example, if you're soaking like beans or rice um, the night before you cook them or the you know, for a few hours before that helps to um, essentially like break up some of those phytates so the iron becomes more bioavailable. And then you maybe even have seen like sprouted grain breads or even I've seen like sprouted oats on the market now. And sprouting is just a process that can, again, kind of like break up some of those phytates so that the the non-heme iron is more bioavailable. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. Like iron just there's so many complex little pathways we can take with it and how we're going to support our bodies in getting more of it through these food sources yeah and really like the bottom line when it comes to food sources is that Mm -hmm. the heme iron is readily absorbable um so heme iron sources like we said they come from animals like particularly high heme iron sources would be things like ground beef moose is very high oysters are really high if you enjoy oysters as a snack um even seafood will like shrimp and tuna will be high, chicken thighs. So those are very highly absorbed, those heme iron sources. And then the non-heme iron that we've talked about from plant-based foods like beans and lentils, even green things like spinach, um, tahini actually is is really high, um, and different nuts and seeds. So those non-heme iron sources Mm. aren't as easily absorbed. So when we add vitamin C to them and we limit tannins and calcium at the meal, we can help to boost the absorption of those non-heme iron sources Mm -hmm. or pair them with a heme iron source. I feel like I've said heme like a million (laughs) times, um, but if we are a plant-based eater, then we just have to be a little little bit more considerate of how we're pairing our foods. A little bit trickier. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know like a non-nutritional way, I guess. Have you ever explored using an a cast iron pan? Yeah, so there's actually tips um, to cook with 
um, a cast iron skillet because some of the iron gets transferred to the food. So there's actually research to support that. And then I've also had clients tell me they use this thing called a lucky fish, which is this little iron fish that I'm pretty sure you put it in your water when you're cooking things. And um, again, that can enhance the iron that you Mm -hmm. have in your food because it's passed on from the iron containing cookware. Um, Not something I personally, I don't cook with a lot of cast iron, but something to consider. Absolutely. Yeah. So if people aren't sure where they're getting the iron source from or how they look for iron, what might they do? Well, you could go to our blog, vitalitynutrition.ca, and I made a little infographic that highlights some foods that are rich in mm-hmm. iron from both heme and non-heme sources. Um, but then if you are reading food labels at the grocery store, iron's going to be listed in Canada. It's mandatory that they list the iron in the food. Um, so it's by percent daily value. And so you'll see it as a, a percent on the, the label. And a food that has 15% or more of iron is a high iron food. And we actually have an example of how to calculate the exact amount of iron in milligrams um, from a food label on the blog. So you could look at that. And we even have a little table that shows your iron needs depending where you are in the life cycle too. So lots of extra information on the blog post if you do want to dig mm-hmm. into the specifics of iron a little bit more. Well, I'm sure the people want to know what to eat. So let's go through a few meal and snack ideas. Yeah, I think it always comes back to that in nutrition. Like, this is all great, but what do I eat? Just tell me. Yeah, and certainly we've talked about these populations who require more iron, like Mm -hmm. infants at six months. They have very high iron needs. Women in pregnancy, menstruating women, athletes Athletes. who want to optimize performance. Iron is a very important micronutrient. We're passionate about iron, as you've perhaps noticed. So I think understanding, okay, how can I integrate this into my meals and snacks? Mm -hmm. Um, That's really the the meat, Mm -hmm. for (laughs) no pun intended, of this podcast. (laughs) So we did highlight some meal ideas on the blog post that will offer some more iron in your day. Yeah, we even have a recipe for Darian's famous (laughs) meat sauce, which obviously is high iron because it contains ground beef. And you can even pair it with a non-heme iron source, like a fortified pasta that has iron, or even like some of those bean-based pastas are very high in non-heme iron. So um, again, kind of pulling back to what we learned about iron, we'd have that heme iron source from the ground Mm -hmm. beef, non-heme from perhaps like a pasta or bean-based pasta. And then because Darian adds tomatoes to her her sauce that's high in vitamin C, which is going to enhance the yeah. absorption of the non-heme iron in the pasta. I think there's bell peppers in there too. So Ooh, yeah, heavy double whammy. For, yeah, double whammy. <laughs> um, I feel like the snack idea one is such a good discussion because often we think, okay, just like those big meals, where can I get the iron? But there's so many snack pairings that are going to offer more iron sources. Yeah, like definitely, like you said, for meals, we can think of, okay, if we're having a protein source that's yeah. rich in iron, that's yeah. going to help. But yeah, snacks can be a great opportunity to get in some iron-rich foods. So if you want to consume more heme iron, which is going to be readily absorbable, um, an option might be beef jerky, and you could pair that with a fruit or some Mm -hmm. almonds. Um, Oysters, if you like to throw down (laughs) on oysters, I've been eating more 
more oysters lately. They're very rich in iron. I was actually surprised on Instagram. I posted my oyster snack and said, like, would you eat this? And actually over 50% of people said they would eat oysters. I thought I was going to be like, nobody would enjoy oysters. When I go home, it's like there's always oysters, hot sauce, and crackers out for people to snack on. So that would be an (laughs) iron-rich snack option or appetizer. Um, Another option for heme iron would be sardines. Okay, I've been trying to get into sardines because they're also rich in (laughs) omega-3s, which we talked about in our podcast on inflammation. They have a lot of iron, too, so a great snack. Um, Yeah, they can be okay. (laughs) One of my clients told me specifically the brand Millionaires is, like, the best to get. Um, So I bought that brand, and I will say that brand was better than the other sardines that I tried. Um, But, yeah, if you like sardines, honestly, sardines are a superfood. I don't know if I could do it. They have protein. They have iron. And they have omega 3s, they're awesome. So, if you like them, that's a great option. You could even do hard boiled eggs. Mm. Um, I love like a hard boiled yeah. egg or two with a piece of fruit, so satisfying. And again, you're going to get some iron from yeah. the egg. Uh, some non heme options would be if you enjoy like hummus um, with dipping your veggies or crackers in there, you're going to get some non heme iron from the chickpeas. Yeah. And then ideally, and actually hummus has tahini in it as oh, well, right, which yeah. is high iron, but then you want to pair it with a vitamin C rich yep. fruit food. So if you had like some broccoli yep. or red bell peppers, peppers or cherry tomatoes to dip into that hummus, that yep. vitamin C would help absorb some of that iron. Dark chocolate. So if you paired some dark chocolate, non-heme iron with strawberries, very Mm -hmm. high in vitamin C, that would be an awesome pairing. Um, Almonds are pretty good for iron. So again, you could do that with a vitamin Vitamin C C. source, like maybe an orange or something. Or even like those roasted lentils or chickpea um, snacks. And again, add some veggies or fruit with it as well. Yeah. Um, I love oatmeal gold bars. (laughs) Uh, We talked about this in our supplement podcast. They're the one thing that I buy from Supplement King most often. Um, So something like oats, they're going to be high in non-heme iron, but very bound up with all those phytates. Mm -hmm. So again, um, that's just a protein bar I like, but that iron wouldn't be very bioavailable unless I paired it with something like strawberries. Strawberries. So you could always do like an... um, oat muffin or mm-hmm. or oats but again getting that vitamin c, c with it is really help. key mm-hmm. all right we've talked all things iron today but courtney can you kind of summarize some key considerations our listeners can take away yeah I think the the key thing that I would like listeners to remember is that iron is very important for building hemoglobin, Mm -hmm. which delivers oxygen throughout your body. And oxygen is very important for nearly every (laughs) metabolic pathway. So there's that. Certain populations require more iron. So if we think through the life cycle, pregnancy, infants Mm -hmm. at like six months and beyond, people who menstruate, anyone who is having difficulty absorbing iron Mm -hmm. or they've maybe lost more iron, like donating blood, and then athletes who want to optimize performance. Another thing to remember is iron is found in heme and non-heme sources, so animal and plant-based, and the plant-based isn't as well absorbed, but we can enhance absorption by adding vitamin C or pairing it with a heme iron source, and then also considering those inhibitors like Mm -hmm. calcium, phytates, and tannins. And lastly, we wouldn't actually recommend taking an iron supplement unless you are a pregnant woman, in which case you would take a prenatal vitamin with iron, or unless your doctor has uh, advised that you take an iron supplement. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, you can support us by sharing it with a friend who you think would enjoy it as well, or maybe sharing it with someone who has increased iron needs. 
Thanks for spending your time with us. To further fill your plate, follow us on social media using the links in our show notes or visit us online at vitalitynutrition.ca. And as always, we welcome your ratings and reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay fed, stay moving, and stay well. Produced at Sound Lounge by T-Bone. I'm here for it. Let's continue with best things we've eaten for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> what, what, what was the best thing yeah. you ate last week? <laughs> last week. <laughs>